Welcome to episode 248. How are you doing, Pastor? Are you ready to launch into the fall? Or are you still feeling a bit depleted? Part one of prepping for fall ministry, it's all about you, and that's today on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 248 of The Reclaim Leader, Equipping Churches for Turnaround Change. I'm Jason Tucker, here again with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? Jason, I'd like to say that I'm heading into the fall with renewed life and energy and focus, but... Just d- breathing deeply. <sighs> yeah, I think limping into the fall is probably appropriate image, <laughs> it does but... feel that way. Oh, man. But uh, fall is right here, and it's that time where we, we see new people coming into the life of the church, where programs kind of kick back into gear and, and folks are back to school, all this stuff. We know what fall is, and we're kind of re... Uh, inventing or re-experiencing what fall kickoff looks like in a, in, as we move past the pandemic and people are back in person and all that. So I think it's important to stop and kind of reflect a little bit as we head into this next season. Yeah. So getting ready for the fall, I, I think one of the first things that we have to address is um, did we get enough rest this summer? Right. And uh, there's an article that I I always love reading Dan Ryland stuff. He's a friend of the yeah, podcast. So good, He's been He's on so a couple of times. And he he wrote a blog post this last week, five ways to know you're ready to lead this fall. And I thought it was good and maybe a good conversation for us to have as we're getting ready. So we're going to do kind of a two-parter here. We're going to do uh, this piece today on uh, getting ready for the fall. And then we're going to do a piece next week about groups and the importance of groups as you're thinking about your discipleship offerings, your spiritual formation plan for this coming fall. What are some things you could do in groups should be a really big part of it, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be fun to dive into that. And I always love like Dan Ryland. If you're not following Dan or reading his stuff, you, you should, because Dan is just, he's a seasoned leader. He loves the church. He loves leaders in the church and he's rooting for us. You can just feel that in the way that he writes and talks and, and thanks. And so I'm really glad that we're going to be looking at uh, his article today and just kind of taking a, th- a thought through it and going, okay, how are we ready or maybe not ready to lead this fall? And what can we do? Yeah. And where he starts is is where I'd like to start um, in this episode. And that is he just kind of says, hey, are you are you feeling refreshed and rested and ready for the fall ministry season? Um, and you know, he said a lot of people, it's kind of a mixed bag of responses, right? I just got back from vacation, literally just got back from vacation. Like, uh, uh, was here for the weekend, but you know, I rode into town on fumes. I felt like it's just kind of whatever it took. And we had like new member classes and everything. So it was like fully on and everybody's like, okay, well it's, it's late. Like we got to plan now. Everything's going to be now. And you know, my gosh, I don't know. I don't feel particularly rested. Um, and maybe that's okay. I just got to watch that I'm not all of a sudden expecting myself to be operating at like, you know, crazy mode 
without making sure I'm getting filled up too. So I'm trying to build in. We've, we talked about this a lot, but I guess it's, it's worth repeating. I'm trying to build in some Sabbath resting through my normal routine so that I'm not completely depleted in this important season. Yeah, I think that's, that's wise. And it kind of an image that always comes to mind for me when I'm thinking about heading into the fall, it's kind of, if you ever driven a stick shift, like a manual transmission, you start out in first gear, you rev it up, you get to second gear, you rev it up, you get into third gear and you start, you can go at a pretty good speed in third gear for quite a long time. But if you're not watching and paying attention, you start revving the engines running really hard instead of figuring out how to downshift and get into that more into fourth gear where you can just kind of cruise more, more easily. And I feel like heading into the fall, We've been kind of driving on country roads. Maybe the summertime's a little slower paced and stuff. And now we're going to pick up speed again. And so it's important to figure out how do we get back into a leadership mode that kind of gets into those lower gears where we have that consistent routine and rhythm and we're functioning efficiently that way. And so my tendency, though, is I just start revving the engine really hot and <laughs> yeah. go, 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 go. And I go, OK, no. OK, remember, there is a good, healthy rhythm and routine to get back into, even if we're going at a little bit higher speed heading into this, uh, this season. Um, so I don't know if that analogy works completely or not, but I'm sticking with it. And yeah, it's, it works enough. That, that's I like for sure. it. I like it. But the idea well, is yeah. we got to get into that. You know, we had some time this summer to kind of hopefully decompress and now we got to pick up speed again. Um, and so how are we going to do that? How do we navigate? Are we ready for it? Well, I think the first thing is just making sure that you're not beating yourself up for feeling like you should be feeling differently right now. Like mm -hmm. for example, we got a couple projects, uh, that are kind of in line waiting to get done. And we had hopes that they would get done sooner rather than later. And they didn't. And then I was away and everybody's taking vacations in the summer. And now I find myself with a lot of things being like, man, we should have started this, yeah. man, we should have been here by now. Just stop it. Stop yeah. doing that. That's not helping. It's only adding to the stress. So I keep telling myself, it's good. We are where we are. I needed the rest. The, the team needed the rest. Everything's going to fall into place as it needs yeah, to. But stop good. stressing about that. Like you're not where you think you should be. Right. I like it's it. It's true in life, wise. right? But yeah, <laughs> give yourself some grace. I think is important. Yeah. So uh, one thing Dan Ryland says, again, you could find this on danryland.com. I love promoting him. He's a great follow. Please subscribe to his blog. Um, five ways to know you're ready to lead this fall. He, he says, as a leader, it's important to have trusted confidants to talk to. A few people who are safe, smart, and strong advisors that you know you could be honest with and at times they'll be literally a lifeline for you and, and th interestingly that's where he starts in this blog post to make sure that we are we have some healthy communication to decompress some of the stuff that we're facing otherwise we're really going to be no good by the time the fall gets here i thought that was really important so how do you do that? I mean, I know you and I, we have this built-in system where we get to do that for one another, <laughs> yeah, uh, which has been great. But what are some other ways that you've kind of had or developed enough of a support system? Like, what does that support system look like for you? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's sort of something that's kind of grown over time as relationships in my life with other leaders have been established. So you and I, you know, we kind of 
went through seminary and we have a shared history together. And there's a, there's an easiness about our, our conversations that I think makes it really helpful and good for me. And there's a distance in the sense of I'm not involved in the day-to-day operations of your church and you're not involved in the day-to-day operations of mine. And so we can speak pretty freely about our frustrations and, and maybe even specifically with people or individuals that we're having a hard time with without any sort of fear of that coming back around or repercussions or really my biggest fear is that I'll say something on this podcast that one of my staff or someone will go, wait, wait, was that me that you're talking about right there? Um, but also for myself, one of the things in, in, in my life that's important is having collegial relationships with other pastors in my local area. And so, um, I do have a, a pastor accountability group that I'm a part of. And I think if we're really honest, we're light on accountability and high on best practices and leadership and encouragement. So we're not confessing our worst sins to each other every time we get together, but we're just kind of talking about our sense of call. Are you still feeling called to this role? How are you doing in it? Um, what are your, you know, what are the challenging things that you're facing? Um, you know, oh, here's something we tried. Maybe something like that would work for you. So it's kind of an encouragement group more than an accountability group. But having some other pastors in your community or, or maybe within a 30 mile drive, if if you can get, if you can manage it, I think is really important. So um, we're kind of set up for success in the denominational structure for some of that to happen uh, naturally. But uh, so that's a couple for me. And then I do have a couple of folks that I look up to in ministry uh, that I'll reach out to when I'm stuck yeah. and having seasoned veterans to kind of go, Hey, you're, you know, it's going to be okay. Here's, here's my two cents and, and whatnot. So that's kind of, you know, having a, a kind of a, a network of folks like that, that you can uh, reach out to. Yeah. Super important. And especially if you are an introvert by nature, it takes some work to, to make sure you're doing that on a regular basis, but please don't skip that. Otherwise uh, you're not going to be the healthy you that the Lord needs right. uh, to do the work that he's called you to do. Um as Dan Ryland says, he says, the fall season will soon be here and we all want to see life change and growth. But while your programs are important, they are not the primary driving factor. Instead, God's presence and your leadership make the difference. Hmm. Wait, wait, it's about presence, not programs? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> he says, this is the activation of your divine partnership with God. And to really lean into that, Lean into that closeness with God. I'm reading a book now. I'm, I'm very excited. We're going to have a guest on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Um, Craig Cooper, who uh, was a pastor and co-wrote a book with uh, country star Walker Hayes about their friendship and relationship called Glad You're Here. And uh, we're going to have Craig on the podcast in a couple of weeks. But, um, y- you know, one of the things that that he talks about, and I don't want to give away too much because we'll talk about it when he's here, but when he was going through a hard time in his call to ministry, it actually took him giving it all up and going on walks with God hmm. to get de- back to a place of a closeness with God and not just doing for God, yeah, but walking with God and how big of a difference that makes. And I know anybody in ministry struggles with that from time yeah, to time. So. That's a hard line to walk. Yeah, it is. So uh, anyway, um, this is where Dan kind of takes us to start off and says, you know, anticipating progress toward your vision and life change and people demonstrates your faith that God is with you. Um, 
It's about trusting God and maintaining a hopeful spirit that mirrors the promise of scripture. I love that. Mm, mm. All right. So uh, let's get into it here. Five ways to know you are ready to lead this fall. He talks about, uh, interesting, he talks about positive vision focus. Do you have a vision for where you're going? Where is the Lord leading your congregation? You know, what's, and he says, it's not like a name it and claim it thing where where you, you know, put the vision on the wall and then, you know, it's kind of, this is what we're doing and we're going to reach 10x people or whatever. It's just, do you have some sort of focus that's guiding you as you're heading forward? It's really hard when you don't have a focus mm-hmm. to, to get forward movement. And and I don't think that's the same thing as saying, well, you know, you're just talking leadership. We're talking pastor, but and that is leadership. I mean, just look in scripture and Look at how God's people needed leaders to help them focus on what mattered most at any particular time. I was thinking about this early in the beginning of the summer, and we de- we decided uh, we were in conversation, and I kept thinking to myself, we've got a lot of events. We've got a lot of programs. What we really don't have a lot of are benchmark spiritual events that we can offer. Like, Can we offer a moment for people in a little bigger way, not production value-wise, but in meaning to help them reconnect with God. So often people do that with a retreat or some sort of event that will help sort of be a catalyst. And we decided, you know, we got a lot of people in our area who were raised uh, Catholic or were baptized as babies who wish they had an immersion experience baptism so that for them, it can really signal the meaningfulness for them in their relation, in their walk with God. So, you know, we good Presbyterians, of course, we don't rebaptize. Uh, we believe God's promises were good the first time, but we do believe big time in remembering your baptism. So we we contacted uh, the Seabright Beach and uh, we got a permit uh, to go out and to do beach baptisms this Sunday evening. Mm. And you could do a remembering your baptism or you could do a first time baptism. And we do it. We're offering a training ahead of time. And we have like 60 people signed up. I mean, because they were hungry for that. But it was a reminder that it's not necessarily about a new program that the people need. Your focus is is determined by how the spirit is you perceive to be leading you as a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sort of doesn't matter what that focus is, as long as it's a faithful focus. That's going to help you as you lean into lean into any season of ministry, but this fall especially. Yeah, and I think the vision can sometimes be really clearly articulated and and uh, focused, and other times the vision could be, I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. Like yeah. we're we're anticipating God to be at work, and there's some exciting things going on, and we feel like this is a time where God's going to really show us. A direction to head in as a community. And so we're looking for that, that focus, but being a leader that has some sense of the vision, some sense of what God is up to that we can, uh, ourselves as leaders feel a part of and excited about, I think is an important part of being sort of energized and focused in leadership. Um, if there's something, if we're not finding uh, what we're working on compelling and we start to lose interest, it's going to have that uh, trickle down effect or that sort of ripple effect on our leadership. And so, yeah, I think vision is important. Are we, do we have something that we're excited about that we see that's coming up or that we're working toward? Yeah. So that's number one, 
positive vision focus. And I'll just close it with this quote from from, uh, Dan. A leader's positive vision focused anticipation of the near future is the beginning of momentum. Mm -hmm. I think that's very Yeah, that's one push on the flywheel, right? Get it turning, get it turning. Yep. All right. Second, peace over anxiety. Oh, Lordy. Peace over <laughs> anxiety. Speak yeah. to me, Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. He says, anxiety is a subject I write and talk about frequently, primarily because it's often a topic of honest conversations. Mm. And he wants to be clear, he's referring to anxiety, not clinical anxiety, but the sort of low-grade anxiousness that we experience every day. Yeah. yeah. And um, he says, yes, God is with us when we are on the run, but he ministers to us when we sit quietly with him. And so he talks about having peace over anxiety is about making sure that you are carving out that Sabbath time uh, to be still and know that he is God. He says that the remedy is all about slowing down in a regular rhythm to sense God's presence, power, and peace. So good, right? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think... Yeah. A- anxiety for me, you know, when we're talking about that low grade anxiety, not like at the clinical level, but I get anxious or stressed when I begin to, to take on more control or feel like it depends on me. And I forget that the, the God who's the same yesterday, today and forever, who has been faithful, will continue to be faithful, will provide. And it just kind of goes back to the, you know, it's not about the size of your faith. It's about the the, the one that you put your faith in, the one who is trustworthy. And so that's where slowing down and connecting, being still and knowing that God is God. We go, oh yeah, God, you've got this. Thanks that you're at work. Thank you that you can work through me. And it just kind of, it, again, it puts it into the proper orientation uh, instead of feeling like it all depends on us. Yeah. And pastors, maybe it's about finding a new devotional or finding a new book that's going to help you reconnect in a different way, right? Getting a little bit out of the routine and and trying something new on. Um, now, I mean, Dan's not giving us a kickback or anything, but he has a devotional and and um, I haven't read it. I'm sure it's awesome though. I have no <laughs> yeah, doubt it's awesome. Almost guaranteed to be awesome. Right? Because he's yeah. like such a pastor's pastor. He's got such a heart for it. It's called Leadership Alone Isn't Enough, 40 Devotions to Strengthen Your Soul. I mean- yeah. That sounds like a win right there. That's like, awesome. I need to go order it. Anyway, um, so so leading this fall and preparing to lead, making sure you're prepared to lead for you know the terrain ahead is about leading with a positive vision focus and leading from a place of peace over anxiety. If you're an anxious mess, it's going to be hard to be a presence of peace, as they used to tell us <laughs> back in seminary. Um, okay, the third, leading from a place of being connected over distant. Mm. Connected over distant. This was this was the the biggest culprit in my real. I don't know if I guess you could call it depression. It was during that time early in the pandemic. You know, the first six months of the pandemic. Um, it had to do with I was feeling really distant from the people, from friends, from. And man, did did my emotional state suffer as a yeah. result? Yep. Um, Dan says leadership was never intended to be a solo endeavor. Yeah. Instead, we're designed for community and are responsible for building that community. So uh, he asked, you know, how's the team you lead doing? How 
how are you connected with them? How are you connected with the people? Listen, I've been on vacation two weeks. I'm feeling a bit disconnected from uh, you know, the people in the congregation, from the people who I'm working with. You know, it's uh how do I make sure that I'm going heavy on relational investment right now? Mm-hmm preparing for the fall, I think is really important. Yeah. I think that helps us remember what it's all for, right? It ministry is relationship. It's rooted in our relationships with each other. So I notice the weeks where I have lots of administrative things to do. I don't have as many in-person coffee meetings or just check-ins with staff. And it's more a long list of to-dos and a sermon to prepare. And I didn't spend a lot of time with people. You start to lose that connection and it does have, I think, a negative impact over time. And so we experienced that. You and I talked a lot about that early in the pandemic. It was like, you know, times a thousand in in that context. But I think it's something to pay attention to and creating a rhythm of connection uh, into your week. Are you setting aside time to go and have coffee with people? Are you um, meeting with your staff team or volunteers, your key volunteers on a regular basis to check in and, and maintain those connections. And then one thing that worked well for me this summer that I'll just throw out there is Marine View is um, we're getting ready to celebrate a hundred years since we started as a Sunday school in 1922, which is cool. And there's a team called our celebrate 100 team. That's really capable, awesome people on it. And I could have, and maybe should have some people might say delegated the whole thing to them and let them go nuts on it. But I've been part of this team and we have weekly meetings, which are the like, I don't usually work in those kinds of capacities. There's a lot we could be doing over email, but there's something about having been together every Thursday night for the most part throughout the summer that's built connection. So the purpose of the meeting was, yeah, we're getting a lot of things done and probably a lot of it could have done been done via email and other ways. But our connections are there uh, every week. And we're spending time together. And that's been life-giving for me this summer in an unexpected way. So maybe you need to sign yourself up for a ministry team and go to their meetings for a while and just be connected to people. Remember, Jesse told you to do that. Yeah. And then if (laughs) F8 backfires, which it might, I'm sorry in advance. I'm a people person though, Jason. So maybe it works extra good for extroverts and not so much for introverts. Uh, so speaking of connected over distant, I, I don't think my brain's fully connected. I just realized that I read one of them wrong. Uh, we still got the gist right, but the, the number okay. one of his uh, sort of inner readiness indicators here, number one, it wasn't positive focus. It was anticipation over uncertainty, which is really, oh. it's the same yeah. thing, but much well, yeah, get excited about what's coming up rather yeah. than worried about what may yeah. or may not happen. Yeah, that makes sense. I just want to make sure sense. I read it right in case Dan listens to this <laughs> Sorry, episode Dan. and is Jason's like, you fault. got it wrong, dude. Like- so Jesse, you can blame me for putting you into a team <laughs> meetings and you can blame Jason, Dan for misquoting. Uh, there you go. Okay. Connected over distant. And then um, the fourth kind of this inner readiness indicator is uh, focused and energized over distracted. So he says, here's an example of what I mean. Your physical condition always intersects with your leadership focus and energy. Like your physical energy impacts your ability to engage with your family when you get home from work. Your physical condition sets the level of your vitality to engage in your leadership fully. Hmm. He says, I recently re-injured my right foot. So many miles jogging over many, many years. It's a major distraction that steals my focus. Pain occupies our thoughts. So. Hmm translate to ministry pain is pain of what's going on distracting us 
or is, or are we energized? And I just had this happen on Sunday. So someone wasn't happy with me. I'm not going to, you know, Shocker. It's tough. Shocker. I can't put this on the air. You know, you don't know who's, who's listening, but somebody wasn't happy over a situation and was pretty demonstrative about it. I mean, like literally in the line of people saying, have a great week. Um, and I, I mean, man, it was like a bullet to the chest. Mm. I just Welcome literally back rolled, to make, rolled yeah. into town the <laughs> night before. I'm like half asleep, you know. And um, man, I was distracted over that for the 24 hours that it took me to respond. Totally. You know, I was completely distracted. So pain has this nasty habit of taking all of our focus. Sure um, does. I could, yeah. Even just the the injury, I could I could relate. My back has not been great over the last three weeks. Right in the middle of vacation, um, it, it's a major distraction because then you're just you're always worrying about it. Yeah. Even when it's not hurting, you're worried that it's going to hurt. And I feel like this is so so true in ministry as well. So yeah, that makes good sense. I think he's he, you know when you're worried about pain coming or the pain that you're experiencing or just. When somebody says something hard that hurts, man, it it does take some time to kind of process through. So how do you stay focused in the midst of things that could be distracting? Um, again, I think it comes back to some of the earlier points. You got to have people that you can talk through and process things with. And and, and then I, part of it over time is you just get some calluses and leadership and you start to be able to take things some more. So probably it took you 24 hours this time. It probably would have taken three days early in your earlier days or something, you know? So, uh, but yeah, that is a, that's a tough one when we, when we're already running thin and then we take a shot like that, it can be yeah. a big distraction. Yeah. And I like what he says here. The remedy is to tend to it. Yeah. Like don't just ignore it or blow it off or what tend to it. You tend to pain, right? I started going to the chiropractor for the first time so far, so good, but you, I'm tending to it. So how are you tending to the pain? How are you tending to the distraction to make yeah. sure that you are energized instead? I feel like part of it is because pain, it feels so out of control, right? Right. That we, we feel very helpless in the midst yeah. of pain. What so, can I even do about it, right? Right. So, I mean, even, even if you can't do anything to change the situation, is there something positive I could do to energize me in the midst of it, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So, Good stuff. Yeah, I think that's helpful. Okay. And then uh, number five, the fifth kind of inner readiness indicator he talks about as we're approaching the fall is leading from a place of being organized over scattered. Easy, Dan, come on. That's a lot to ask. That's a lot to ask. No, that's good. So important. I mean, you come back from vacation, there's piles either digital or physical of things that you have to address or have to tend to, and you got meetings coming up and you have to prepare for and man, it feels like you're leading more from a place of chaos than order. <laughs> At least I feel that way. Um, especially, you know, we're kind of getting ready. It's like we're going at this. Not that we went, we're at a stop. We're always moving forward. But then it seems like we're about ready to kick it into this high gear, as you mentioned yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And it's easy to get a little bit scattered. But scattered leadership isn't going to help. I, you can't sacrifice um, for the sake of moving faster, you can't sacrifice um, organization yeah. and being on top of things, right? If yeah. you got to go slower and do less, go slower and do less, in yeah. my opinion. 
I think I think there's wisdom in that, Jason. And I think, you know, unfortunately, there's times when as leaders, are, we don't have both the gifts of, you know, time management and administration and 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 that kind of thing alongside other, you know, gifts that we have our, our skills or abilities. But I do think organization is something that even someone who's maybe not naturally wired to create tasks lists and to-do lists and file folders and all that kind of stuff. It's an important responsibility of our leadership to have a way of managing our time, our workflow, uh, all of those things. And so um, you got you got to think through a strategy. What's going to work for you? How are you going to make it work so that you don't have a giant pile of stuff in your inbox, in your email, and all over your desk, and, and you nobody knows which way is up. And people can tell after a little while when you operate from a place of chaos instead of organization. For, for me, I, it not only when I'm organized, it not only gives me increased confidence that I'm not missing anything or blowing it or dropping the ball. It also gives, I think, everyone throughout the organization, the church community or in leadership, confidence as well, that we're on track, we're, we're moving somewhere. So this, again, like you said, maybe take some small bites at it and and adopt some practices that can help you stay stay organized and uh, instead of operating from that place of always swimming upstream and feeling like you're swamped. Yeah. And, you know, I can always come back to that biblical example of this with uh, Moses yep. and Jethro. You know, Moses is just reacting to the chaos of everybody needing his time and his attention. And Jethro's like, what you are doing is not good. Yeah. You get know? organized, man. Get right? organized. Yeah. I think that's the key thing is then when we are organized, then we can actually be set free to do the things that only we can do as leaders. And um, that's really important. So I don't know what those practices are for you. We've mentioned a lot of those over the years here. Um, so how do you, how do we individually do that? I think it's as unique as each one of us in some ways. I agree. And, and I always remember that the very next thing Moses did after that got organized was he went to meet with God on Mount Sinai, right? The, that was the very next thing. So would he have had the enough margin to go do that if he was, he was still, still solving everybody's problems? Solving everybody's right problems, yeah. right? No. I mean, so yeah. I, I think what I need to remember is when I'm feeling this way, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, again, back to some of the things that we said earlier, but if I can clean out my office, uh, either physically or mentally, if I could clear that out and make space and ma- yeah. make some order, and know, you know, when am I going to be working on this? When I'm going to figure out what I'm preaching? When I sort of have a plan in place? Yep. Yep. Then all of a sudden, I feel like I can breathe. You start to feel like I'm... you have a little more of a handhold on Absolutely. what's going on, right? So I do think that's why it's a little bit counterintuitive because we think I don't have enough time for all the things to set aside time to get organized to do all the things. But I would just say if you're coming back into the fall and you're feeling a little more chaotic than organized, Set aside half a day, maybe a whole morning, just to clean your office, get organized, do like you said, prioritize things, set aside some things that can wait till another time. Uh, but just even taking a couple of hours to to reorganize or kind of clean out things, and it's going to set you up for success. So it might take some time to be in a place where your time is going to be better utilized. Yeah. So uh, just in closing, Dan says this, he says, you know, there's no shortage of problems we're dealing with right now and things to tackle as we go into the fall. He says, you know, we're going to have problems to solve, volunteers to recruit, vision to cast, resources to raise, guests to care for, conflict to resolve, initiatives to launch. These things require your attention, he says, 
but don't get sucked into pouring all your energy there. Save some energy for you. Mm. So uh, words of wisdom from Dan Ryland, and hopefully this helps as we start thinking about, you know, I know you're already thinking about, but definitely preparing for the fall, which is really the beginning of the ministry year for most churches. And uh, we'll come back next week with part two. Any parting thoughts here before we sign off? No, looking forward to talking groups next week. We're going to be talking about kind of the what we're calling the anatomy of groups. But how do groups or sort of circles of people work in your congregation, uh, why they matter so much and what we think God can do through them? So we'll be looking at that and hopefully it'll inspire you to think in terms of maybe starting one or two new groups as you head into the fall or maybe revamping some of your strategy around that. So uh, in the meantime, Jason, thanks for being uh, part of that place where I get a process leadership. I'm grateful to be in that with you. And hopefully as, as you all are listening, this is helping you do some of that as well. All right. Well, again, as we always say, ministry is hard. It's so much better when we do it together. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.